What does it take to get started real estate investing and what are some of the biggest mindset challenges that people deal with? In today's episode with Dustin Heidemann, we dive into some of those specific strategies and how you can overcome some of the biggest challenges that people face when making that decision to jump in and go all in when it comes to real estate investing. Let's get to it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Steven Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com invest. Join me on that next deal. and I look forward to seeing you on the inside. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento, and today I'm very excited. I have Dustin Heiner in the studio. How are you doing today, Dustin? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me on the show. I'm really super excited. I think having a right mindset is paramount in everything that you do, and especially investing. So I'm glad to be here. It's so critically important. And Dustin is a person who definitely has the right mindset when it comes to getting started. Has helped lots of people do that. He's a rental property expert and founder of masterpassiveincome.com. He's been successfully unemployed since he was 37, all through investing in real estate rental properties. And he's used that to be able to build life on his terms. So what we're going to be talking about today is really the mindset of a successful investor. We're going to be talking about what is possible for you if you're looking to leave your job, if you're looking to make a career out of this, and really start understanding what are some of those pitfalls that people often end up running into when it comes to the way that they think about this in today's interview? You ready to get into it? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. So before we get into all the juicy stuff about your experience, what I'd love to start with is actually start by looking back at earlier in your life, specifically your childhood. And so what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Yeah. So my... I, so my, my parents had divorced and um, my stepdad and my biological dad, um, they're both were entrepreneurs. And so I was kind of conflicted because I was always taught from school how to basically be an employee. You're taught from the very beginning how to be an employee, never taught to be an investor, never taught how to be an entrepreneur or any of that stuff. And so it's kind of, you know, just go on normal path of working a job. But then I started realizing that I had this kind of like an entrepreneurial idea or desire in me. It was mostly that I just... I want to get paid for the value that I brought instead of the hour that I work. Cause whenever you work a job, you work an hour, you get paid for that hour. So you're not getting paid for your value. In fact, your boss is only keeping you, they're only paying you enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much as taking money out of their pocket. So after I started realizing that I started thinking, you know what? I might be an entrepreneur. So as I was growing up, seeing them being very entrepreneurial, having like a construction company, my, my stepdad had a construction company, my father had a, a convenience store. I started to think about other businesses I could create. So I created a graphic and website design company. I then created a skateboard manufacturing business. I also created a convenience store. I had a, a convenience store business. I also had a pizzeria. So I had a lot of businesses, 
And I, at the same time, I started investing a little bit into real estate, bought a rental property. I thought, you know, it's some good passive income. But what's great is the easiest one out of all of them, but it took the hardest tip, in my opinion, to get over that, that mindset switch was to become an investor. And so, Stephen, I want to tell you this story of what got me literally over that hurdle. Before you start that story, I really want to dig in here. So, you know, from a from a early age, you were surrounded by this entrepreneurial drive, this entrepreneurial world. Did you ever go and start working in a job? Absolutely. So, so you actually went down that path. Why did you go and work a job, even though you were surrounded by entrepreneurs from such a young age? So it was because that's what I was taught. My parents weren't necessarily pushing entrepreneurship or investing or anything like that, even though I'm doing that with my kids because I saw the mistake um, now. But I was always just taught, go to school and get a job. That's what they believed. And they just said, oh, I just found a way to actually be an entrepreneur. So I was just going down the path that I was already told to be on. Yeah. And it's funny because so many of us just follow that natural path, go to university, get a college degree, go get a job, and you're going to be able to be successful. They tell you to go invest in the stock market, invest in your 401k, and this is going to get you financial freedom. But these things are not necessarily true anymore. It's not always the best path. If you found something that you're passionate about, that you really care about, that makes a difference in the world and you're making great income, then you should definitely continue to do that kind of work. But if you're unsatisfied, if you're unhappy, then this is definitely the place to start learning about some of those other ways of thinking. And that's why I'm really grateful to have you here, Dustin, because you're somebody who's figured out how to break out of that and then actually create true freedom through real estate. I was always taught that getting a college degree was like the key to getting to everything that you need in life. And so exactly what you were talking about, like we're geared to do that, but I kid you not. So I found my college degree. It was actually embossed like in a plaque that my parents did, paid a little extra money for it. And I actually found it in a drawer. I'd have been retired or I quit my job. I was successfully employed um, about four years now. And so I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my kids. I'm like, hey kids, I'm never ever going to need this again. How about we blow it up? So I literally made a YouTube video. If you go to Master Passive Income on my YouTube channel, I literally made a video, a fun video where we're shooting it with bullets, with, with guns. And then I literally take a um, 16 pounds of Tannerite and a gallon of gasoline and I blow the degree up. And it's just to prove to my kids, let alone everybody else, the mindset that you don't have to follow what everybody tells you to do. You can do something different, especially something like investing in real estate. So yes, absolutely. That's something I wish I would have learned, but that I'm absolutely implementing that in my kids now. Yeah, that's so key. And I know you want to share this story because we were talking about it a little bit offline. I think it's going to be really inspiring for people. So talk a little bit about what that genesis was that, that got you where you are today. So yeah, as I was saying, I had so many different businesses and I was entrepreneurial and I was just trying to do everything I could to not have to work for somebody else. And at the same time, I bought a rental property too. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, fantastic book, really got me thinking, got me, that was a mindset shift that really, really helped me to change out of being an employee to actually being a business owner or a passive investor or being an investor. So after reading that book, I, I started, you know, I bought one or two properties, but as I was doing that, I was doing so many other things. Turns out the easiest thing and the one that made me the most money and I did so little on is my real estate. Now, let me tell you the story. So if you can see this, I have a picture in my background of my four kids. So at the time my fourth child was born, I was working at the county government in California, Fresno, California, working in the county government. And uh, I was working just fine, had plenty of seniority, everything's going really well, just had our fourth kid. She's maybe a week old. 
I go on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home and you, they hang out with the mom, takes care of the kids, bonds with the baby, and then you go back to work. So I went back to work after the paternity leave and I was working all week. And then on a Friday at about 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a phone call from my boss's, boss's, boss's secretary, like the top dog. And it says, Dustin, would you please come to the boss's office? I said, sure. And then hang up the phone. And then I sit there for a second. And I think, why would they be calling me the office? This is not normal. What's going on? And then it got me thinking about before I got, I went on paternity leave about a month or two months prior, there was some rumors or some rumblings of a possible layoff scenario because the county was running out of some money. And I said, no, I have so much seniority. I can immediately dismiss that. Then got up out of my chair, started walking down the hallway. And mind you, it's not that long of a hallway, but it got lo- it felt like it got longer and longer. And each step that it, I took, it felt like I was, ha- I had le- lead bricks or my feet were made out of cement and it got heavier and heavier because in the back of my mind, it was gnawing at me that I could potentially be getting laid off right now. So as I'm walking down the hallway, all these thoughts run through my head and I round the corner and I see my boss's office. And I see the secretary, my boss's office, the door's closed and the secretary looks at me and sheepishly, she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? I say, sure. And I sit down and as I'm sitting there, more thoughts run through my head and I start realizing if I'm getting laid off right now, what does that say about me? Am I a failure as a husband? Am I a failure as a father to provide for my family? All these years, 10 plus years working at the county government to eventually get laid off, like that was all a waste. Am I a failure at life? And as I sit there, these thoughts are racing in my head. I start to sweat on my forehead. My hands started getting all clammy. And then the door to my boss's office opens up. And out walks a lady with a piece of paper in her hand. She's noticeably distraught. She's noticeably upset, but she's not crying. But you could tell. Her world is absolutely rocked. And as she walks past me, she or my boss says, hey, Dustin, would you please come to my office? Same thing happened to me as happened to the other lady. I get a layoff notice. So I have two weeks before I'm going to be out on my butt and not be able to provide for my family. So I get my layoff notice and I start walking back to my desk. And I realize two things. This is where the mindset really just took in for me. I realize two things. Realize that number one, I need to provide for my family. Like I'm not gonna have any money. I maybe had one properties, but that's not enough to provide for the family. So I needed to do something to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to find another department. I started working in the sheriff's department, doing IT work in the sheriff's department. So I didn't have any layoff. I didn't have any issues. So that was a huge, huge blessing. And so from that point, the second thing that I realized was I, was I absolutely needed to make sure that this never ever, ever happened to me again. So what I decided to do was from that point forward, I said, I am now an investor. I knew investing worked. It's worked for for thousands of years or however many belongs to people have been investing in real estate. It's going to work for me. And I made that mindset shift to where now I'm an investor, even though 100% or just about 100% of my money came from my job. That was now my part-time job. My full-time job is my that I'm an investor. So whenever you ask me, hey, Dustin, what do you do? Basically, the question they're asking is, what value do you put on yourself? No longer do I ever say, I work at the IT in the county government. No, I literally say I am an investor. Like I said, even though 100% came from my job, I'm still an investor. Let me round out the story and say, I worked another six years, another six years, bought property 
after property, after property, after property. And more people, because I said, tell, started telling everybody I'm an investor, people started bringing deals to me and I started growing my business. And I kid you not, uh, Steve, on that the sixth year of investing, I went to my boss's office and said, boss, I can't do this anymore. Even though I'm making $75,000 a year, I'm losing money working here. I quit then and there and transition from walking down that little hallway, that short hallway where I was taking forever. It felt like it was really, really long, whereas my feet were concrete bricks. This walk to my, my uh, car, which remind you, I'm in downtown. It's, you pay to park, so I was cheap. So I'm parking two miles away. It was the fastest, quickest walk. And I felt like I was walking on clouds, never having to work a job again. It was all because I made that mindset shift to now tell myself, I my own value comes from my God, my family, and myself. I am an investor. So everybody listening to this or watching this, you absolutely need to realize that your value is in who you are, not what anybody else puts on you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I totally agree. And what's really interesting to just really underline what you're talking about here is that when you decided that you were going to be an investor, that you decided that you're going to call yourself an investor, it was because you were in a state of mind where all of a sudden it's time to make a shift. I need to be able to support my family. I need to be able to make this change. I need to be able to create the flexibility and freedom that really only real estate can offer. But the core thing here is that you took on that identity. You started saying, I am, and you put I am in front of whatever statement and you will become. If you can convince your mind that you're there, you're able to bring that same feeling to everyone else. And so now other folks, other people out in the world are able to see that Dustin is an investor, that Dustin is going out and buying real estate, that his intention is to be able to create wealth by buying assets and receiving profit off of the results of owning those properties. And that's what really paid off. And it's so important to underline because so often times than not, the biggest challenge people deal with is that they don't take on that new identity. It's when they're in that state of shift. And so I'm curious, you've worked with lots of people, you've obviously gone through this yourself, how do you recommend people go through the process of making that internal shift of being able to claim the identity that they are this thing and they're going to step into it? Um, honestly, it seems because I've talked to a lot of investors as well. It does seem like the cattle, a catalyst, a good catalyst is a life changing event like it did for me. I literally had four kids and had to figure out a way to feed them. And that's a catalyst. I actually interviewed somebody on my podcast as well, where I was at interviewing them and there, theirs was a catalyst where their husband, her, her husband left her. He was, you know, cheating on her and left her. And then she had to figure it out. So it seems like a catalyst is one good thing. And so if there is ever a catalyst that actually gets you into that position, don't, don't let that go by. Don't let, just don't dismiss that and try to get back to the old routine. In fact, actually losing my job was the best thing, even though at the time it was the worst thing possible. It was the best thing. Now, I'll give you an example. I have a friend of mine. He was working a regular job, getting paid just fine. They wanted him to do another part of the business. And he was like, I just don't feel comfortable with that. It wasn't that was bad. He just didn't feel comfortable. And I had been encouraging him to be an investor, to start his own business, all that, lots of other things that I said, you know what, you can do this without having working a job. And he actually realized that he was, the time of his employment at that job is done. Even though he didn't fire him, he was basically done. And then I get a call from him like the next maybe day or two said, hey, Dustin, I don't have a job anymore. I, I actually, because I know everybody, every single other person that they're going to talk to is like, oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. You'll get a job soon. 
I literally was a complete opposite. I said, I am so excited for you, man. This is the best thing, even though it seems horrible right now. This is the absolute best thing because you know you have everything lined up. You just need to act on it. And now it's been three years now. He literally does not work a job. He has so many other businesses. He has other things going on and he's investing. So in my opinion, when you have a catalyst like that, that's really going to get you moving, don't let that go. But at the same time, what happens to without a catalyst is you immerse yourself in other with other people that are like-minded because you if you get you will get held down by people who put their limiting beliefs what they put the limits on themselves they put that on you too and imagine that you are in their own limitation a lot of people say no you can't invest in real estate it's been done before i heard my my aunt's brothers twice removed they had a property and they somebody you know blew up the house or whatever it might be it's like that's your own limitation you need to not let other people's limitations be put on you and get around people who are like-minded. As soon as you make that decision, which I think you're the only one that can do it. See, I can teach anybody how to invest in real estate, but getting them over the hurdle to say, I'm now going to do it, I can't do that. That's up to them. But once they do, then there's so many ways to actually do it that you just need to immerse yourself in the right environments, around the right people, and getting the right coaching, the right mentors, and everything to actually do it right. I think there's so much value within there. And it's like when people deal with some kind of catalyst, some kind of life-changing event that gets them into the state of mind of being ready to make that change, to jump into real estate investing, entrepreneurship, whatever that shift is for them, that it's amazing when you actually just recognize that, okay, well, I've got this opportunity and now let me step into it. What's so powerful is that if you're listening to the show right now, if you're in a position where you're questioning whether or not you're living the life that you believe you're meant to live and you want to go out and maybe you want to invest passively, maybe you want to become an operator, maybe you want to go and own rentals, whatever that thing might be for you, when you can get yourself into that place and recognize it, you might not be that far away. Somebody doesn't have to die or you don't have to lose your job in order for this to really move you forward ask yourself the question as if it already had happened. And you can create that emotional catalyst within yourself to then step in and put yourself in community. Because as Dustin said, community is one of the biggest things. So for you, Dustin, how did community impact you going forward and being able to create the kind of career you've created? So I actually did a little... Well, basically I did on my own because I had no clue. I was, I'm very competitive, like in sports, I'm very competitive. And so I pictured this as a competition. Like if I'm working with another investor, that's a deal that they're going to get that I'm not going to get and vice versa. So I did it and I did it the wrong way. And I kid you not, the more, as soon as I started networking, finding other investors, finding other mentors or finding coaches, or really just start to see who else is doing this it became as if we're a team almost, even though we're our own separate businesses and all that sort of stuff, we're working together. We're giving each other ideas. And so when I first started, I was literally doing it for like six years on my own, figuring it out as I would, I didn't even try to find a mentor. I, I you know, actually, this is what happened to me. I was watching uh, the 2 a.m. infomercials and there was some guy that came on, hey, I'll teach you how to invest in real estate. Come to this one hour seminar, it's free. So I went to the one hour seminar. Then they upselled me into a what, one or $2,000 weekend sem uh, a seminar, which was literally so overview, like you didn't have anything to take away from to actually implement. And then from there, they tried to sell me into like a $40,000 course. And I said, oh my goodness, $40,000 just for rental properties and wholesaling was like a $30,000, flipping was like an $80,000. 
it was nuts. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do this all my, because of that, I went on my own, not knowing that I was losing out on deals because I wasn't networking. Now, fast forward with the networking, I started actually networking. And that was the um, catalyst for me was now all of a sudden realizing I absolutely need to start telling everybody I'm an investor and then helping. Here's a big thing. And now Steven, you're all about this too, is helping other people. If I help other investors, if I help property managers, if I help realtors, it'll come back to me. It's all about helping other people. And in fact, my rental properties are all about serving my tenants, making sure they have good properties. Obviously, I'm making passive income. I teach all my students and I myself make $250 a month in passive income from every single property that I buy. And that's the minimum. And, you know, if you have 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month. That's $30,000 a year. 20 properties, that's $60,000 a year. And so as I started working with more people, started networking, started really figuring out how I can actually network that was what my business just started growing and growing and growing. Yeah, it, it's such a big idea. I mean, a lot of the listeners are active investors. A lot of the listeners are already on this path. And, and it's so important to be reminded that there is intention behind everything that we're doing, that by going out and connecting with other people, that we don't need to be in this scarcity mindset, that there is so much available to us, and that by actually working together and creating a partner-driven structure where I get to help this person and this person and, and team up and, and really be able to do more together than you would individually, you can create so much more. And it's just a lot more fun. It's a lot more enjoyable. And I'm sure, you know, as you're saying here, you're able to get deals as a result of this networking because people do business with people they like. So I just think that is phenomenal. What I'm curious about, Dustin, is a lot of people who have already been in the trenches, they're already doing this, they've made a career out of it, maybe they're investing passively as well, but they run into challenges. And I know that you've you know helped some folks out of some of those big challenges. What are some of those big potholes that people end up getting stuck in? And how do you recommend getting past that? Well, uh, uh, well th th I'll give you one about the mindset pothole that you can get into. And then I'll give you another practical what pothole that you can get in. So a mindset a pothole that you might run into, or you probably will, is thinking to yourself as an investor, I don't want to, I, I really don't want to buy a money pit. I don't want to buy the bad property that is going to be just dumping, dumping money. And that is the fear that wells up inside of us. All of us, I mean, it happens to every single investor. We have a fear that we're going to lose money, that we're going to buy a bad property. We're not going to be able to rent it out. The tenants are going to destroy it. You're going to have that fear. But, and here's the practical that'll help alleviate that fear and get you over that hurdle is when you do this business right, when you're investing the right way, and remember, I do buy and hold rental properties. I love being able to have the cash flow now every single month and count on it and not do a thing. And some people might have read the book, The 4-Hour Work Week. Well, in my opinion, working four hours a week is for suckers. I don't want to do that. I don't want to work. In fact, I only work 30 minutes, not a week, a month. And that's just by pulling my property management statement, everything is good from all my property managers and putting aside. That's literally all I do. And so here is the practical way to get over those fears and the tip to actually get started and doing it right without losing money. The big thing is, as you're investing in buy and hold rental properties is you want to build the business first. Let me explain how that packs out or unpack that, how that plays out. So a lot of people will talk about investing in real estate and buy and hold rental properties. They'll say, okay, what you do is you find an area of the country that has a good cash flowing property. You find the property, you buy it. 
Then you find somebody to fix it up. Then you find somebody to get a property manager that's going to manage the property. Then you manage, you get a, you find somebody to put a tenant in there and actually get the tenant inside there. Then you start making money in passive income. In my opinion, that's literally backwards, 100% backwards. A lot of people tell you that your property is your business. In fact, that's not, that's wrong in my opinion. My property is a piece of inventory. Let me explain how this actually works out in a little bit of scenario. Imagine you want to start a convenience store. A convenience store, you know, you know, candy bars, grocery, or sorry, grocery, uh, soda fountains and all that sort of stuff, regular convenience store. Well, you would not, you know, get a lease, open the doors and put a box of candy bars on the floor and expect to run a successful business. In fact, you'll go out of business in two seconds. It'll be bad. No, what you're going to do instead, you're going to get everything in the business. You're going to get the gondolas, which are the shelving units. You're going to get the countertops, fountain machines, cold storage. You're going to get cash registers, bank accounts, employees. You're going to do everything in the business before you buy any inventory and put it into your business. See, same thing with rental properties. You build the entire business first, and then every piece of inventory is a piece of inventory, or sorry, every property is a piece of inventory that you put into the business. So you think about scaling your business to get it more to 10, 20, 30 plus properties. You literally have a business that all you do is you buy another piece of inventory and put it into your business. So if you do this, and here's a big thing, with building the business, we're getting experts who are on the ground in whatever city. Like I, I live in Phoenix, but I also invest in Texas and Ohio because I have experts there. I have students invest all over the country because we have experts in those cities because we build the business first. The experts are the ones making sure we do not buy the wrong property. They're our eyes, they're our ears. They're the ones checking everything. They're experts. Now, if you just rely on something like Zillow.com, oh, this database says it's gonna be good. You're gonna be sorely mistaken. The people in these cities that are they're actually living there they're the experts because the last thing you want to do is go the wrong way where you find a property. Oh, it looks like it's going to make me a little bit of money. You buy it and then you try to find somebody to manage a property and you come to realize nobody wants to manage it because it's a really bad part of town. Then you're stuck with a bad property. So what you do is you build the business first so that they are all your checks and balances. You have everybody check on each other. Once you have that, you have a successfully running business and every new piece of property is a piece of inventory you put in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Such an interesting way of looking at it. And, and I think there's a lot to take away from there. So let's jump into the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but your answers don't need to be. So tell me, Dustin, how would you define success and what is success to you? Success for me depends on each person. I'll give you my success. So at when I was 26 years old, 27, 26 years old, my uh, goal, my success, what I consider to be successful was to be successfully unemployed. That was my goal. Now, somebody else might be, I want literally $10 million in real estate and assets or whatever it might be. That could be their success. So here's for me, I personally wanted to never work for somebody and never have to work for somebody else again. So my measurement for success is gonna be different than everybody else's. It could be the same, but my measurement for me was to get to where I was able to never work a job. From that point forward, I create another goal that's going to get me above. So my next new goal after quitting my job, uh, you know, because I love the term just over broke is your job. You're living just over broke. And once you get over, out of that, you start buying properties, you're over just over broke and you're making money. So my next goal is to where I'm making a million dollars a year in passive income, not just, you know, total revenue from all my properties or total assets. I literally want my next probably maybe five to 10 year goal is get 10, 10, or sorry, a million dollars a year in passive income from all my properties. So that's what I look like is success, is putting these goals, these big 
huge, uh, you know, almost uh, outstanding goals that I can't get, put them there, and then I achieve those. And that's how I measure success. So I know you didn't go down the path of mentorship when you were getting started in real estate and you realized that that was a big mistake. So what impact have mentors made on your life and how do you go about finding great mentors? Mentors. So when I first started investing, there weren't very many investors that were mentors or mentors that were investors, vice versa. And so what I was looking at was you had a lot of quote unquote gurus that were charging literally $50,000, that are literally just, it seems like they're just trying to rip off people. But I digress. I'm not going to keep going down that way. Now, today, there are so many people like, like you have Steven here. He has a great podcast, literally showing people. You can find so many podcasts on literally anything. If you want to learn how to play the piano better, there's probably a podcast on that. If you want to learn how to, you know, have chickens in your backyard, there's probably something that's going to be able to coach you through that. I personally think that anybody can find somebody, especially in today's day and age with the technology that we have from YouTube to podcasting to be able to find a good mentor. But a big one is just network. Literally tell, and this is what happened to me, tell as many people as you can of what you want to do. Let's say it's, you want to, you know, flip properties. Well, tell people that you do that. And then you'll get people around you that actually know other people. And you say, hey, you should talk to this guy over here. He's been flipping properties for 50 years. He's really successful. Oh, great. Could you introduce me? Because that would be great. My opinion, network is one of the very, very best ways to actually find somebody that's going to be really, really beneficial for you in your life. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Yeah. You, I mean, I, I love podcasting. I love podcasts. You can check out Master Passive Income Show where I teach literally, it's just me literally teaching on how to invest in real estate. Just loads and loads of content doing that. Masterpassiveincome.com. You can go there as well. But I also have my YouTube channel where I talked about, I literally blew up my college degree. It's a fun, fun video that hopefully you guys, I mean, it's literally, Stephen, it's a fireball a fireball flying up in the air. And if you've seen any special effects in movies where there's a big explosion and it's a fireball, it's literally because of the gasoline. So putting that gallon of gasoline on top of it, it is phenomenal. So you guys definitely have to check out that video, but that's that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and I look forward to the next time you get to hang out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.